Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrofferville.com. That's rolcrofferville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crofferville. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Well, it is good to be back in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for your prayers, your support, your love. Um, I tell you what, uh, in all the years I've been alive, I have never been this sick. Uh, I've always been able to get out of bed and walk around and move and to be bedridden for about two weeks really threw me for a loop. But the worst part was not really having the flu and pneumonia. The worst part was missing my church family. I was a miserable human being without you guys. And I just want to say thank you. I love you. And for those who don't know who I am, uh, I'm Chuck Coburn. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, <laughs> I've been away for a couple of weeks, sick. <clears throat> so it is good to be back home in the house of the Lord. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up uh, on a farm. We, we lived out uh, just way away from things. We had the woods. We had the fields. And during the summer times, it would rain, and it would rain a lot. And the ditches would fill up with water. And being a young country boy as myself, you know, I didn't think much about it. I would just get in the ditch barefooted, just shorts only, and have fun playing with the frogs, with the minnows, with the crawdads, or some of you call them crawfish. And I would just get in that muck and mire and play with them and have a good time. Of course, when the day was over, I'd go home and my mom would make me take a shower and clean up. And I thought all was well. And then about seven days later, I started noticing spots on my, my leg. And come to find out, it was a ringworm. All because... I was in the wrong place, messing with the wrong things, not taking proper protection of my body. Even though I thought I had done all those things, the fact is, because I was in the ditch, in the muck, in the mire, messing with animals, I contracted a ringworm. And it got to thinking, me thinking about that, you know, although I thought life was good, Somehow, some way, that worm just crept its way into my body. And so often in our life, we go to the wrong place, hang out with the wrong people, do the wrong things, and think we have gotten away with it, yet the enemy has crept into our life, and now he is making Havoc of it. So the question I have for you this morning is, what has crept into your life? What's crept in? What have you allowed into your life that although on the surface you think you're okay and you're getting away with it, but really underneath all of this, it's going to wreak havoc in your life. 
And Jude is going to help us understand that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jude. It's actually the last uh, book of the Bible before Revelation. So if you have the very last book in the, the Bible, Revelation, take a left. Jude. Be careful, Jude's only one chapter. You may go right into the first, second, or third John. But Jude is going to help us to understand about things creeping into our life and what will happen. Jude, verse 3, says this. He says, Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write you. So Jude is wanting to write this group of Christians, this young group of Christians. And he wanted to write them about their salvation that they were sharing. But notice what he says. He says, But now I find that I must write about something else. Urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to His holy people. So Jude has an urgency in this letter that he's writing to this group of Christians. And he's saying, the urgency that I'm writing to you is that you need to learn to defend your faith. What you need to understand this morning is that the Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. And you can never, ever, ever drop your guard in your Christian walk. Because if you do, the enemy will take you out. You and I have to be prepared. We have to be ready at all times in our life. In fact, we are told over and over in the Bible, put on the armor of God in Ephesians 6. Fight the good fight of faith in 1 Timothy. We're even told in 2 Corinthians about how our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God, pulling down strongholds that we learn to capture every thought. So we understand this morning that your life is not a playground. Your life is a battleground. And the moment you let your guard down, the enemy is going to take you out. So what that tells us this morning is that we have to fight for our faith. We have to fight for our family's faith. We have to fight for our children. We have to fight for our church family. We have to fight for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if we do not fight, then the enemy will come in and overtake us. Just that simple. And the devil knows that. The devil realizes that you know that he's after you. So he's pretty smart and how he will fight you. And how he'll fight me. Look at Jude 4. Jude continues to say, I say this because some ungodly people have wormed, or some translations say have crept their way into your churches. Have they done that? Saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Hear it? That is a proper, proper, prominent doctrine today that you can live any way you so choose to live and the grace of Jesus will cover that sin. Jude says, no, that is the enemy creeping into your life, encouraging you to live a way 
that God never ever intended you or me to live. He further goes on to say that the condemnation of such people was recorded long ago. Why? For they have denied our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Satan is going to use your thoughts. He's going to use sights. He's going to use sounds. He's going to use feelings to be placed into your body, to be placed in your heart and mind, to make you think things that are contrary to the word of God. And he does it very subtle. That's why he says that they deny our master and Lord Jesus Christ. Church, let's be smart here. Satan knows good and well that he would never tell you that Jesus is not Lord. Because you're too smart to know that. He would never tell you that Jesus didn't die on a cross for your sins. Because you're too smart for that. He would never tell you that Jesus is not the only way to true life. Because you would know better than that. But here's what he does. He would say, although those things are true. You just need to deny him here. For example. You know what? It's been a rough go this week. I think I will go ahead and. Lie about my situation to my boss and my family so that I can get some escape. I know lying's wrong, but see, in this situation, it would be so right. See, you've denied Jesus as Lord and Savior. Lord means master, boss. Although my marriage has been rough and rocky lately, I deserve to have an affair. After all, my spouse has not been the spouse they need to be to me. And I need this. I want this. I deserve this. And Satan says, go for it. You can ask for forgiveness later. This situation, it'll be okay. Notice how we always have one situation in our life that will deny Jesus as Lord and Savior. We'll take one situation, and that's all he wants. It's just one. He'll take one situation in your life and allow you to deny Jesus as Lord to fulfill your fantasies, to fulfill your desires, to fulfill your wishes. And although you think you've gotten away with it, you haven't. It's just the opposite. What he's done, he's embedded a sin. He's embedded a philosophy He's embedded a mentality in your life that will now take you further and further and further away from the Lord. Although you would never deny Jesus as Savior, you'll deny Him as having all of your life. Although you would never deny Him as being the Lord of your life, you do when you tell Him, you can't have all of my life. See how that works? He doesn't want... All of your life, Satan just wants part of your life. Because see, if Satan has part of your life, then Jesus doesn't have any of your life. Notice I said any. Because see, Jesus is going to be either Lord of all or Lord not at all. There's no middle ground. And Satan knows that. 
So what he does is he tries to deviate your mind to thinking the right thoughts. You know, we live in a digital world. There's this stuff called cyber attacks. Some of you are familiar with those, aren't you? Malware. All of a sudden, you click on the wrong email, click on the wrong picture, and now your computer is infected. Now all of your personal information is now leaked out all over the place. All because you clicked on a picture, on a link, on an email. And what happens, it executes an executable file to start working in the background of your computer, the background of your phone, the background of your iPad. And before you realize it, some hacker has stolen all of your information. Although it seemed innocent, although it seemed simple, now it's gone. Satan does the exact same thing. All he wants to do is just take a part of your life, just a part of it. He'll embed the wrong thoughts. He'll embed the wrong philosophies into your life. And before you realize it, it's a mess. If you don't hear anything else this morning, hear this. Anytime you compromise the power of God's word, the position of God's word, and the authority of God's word, you deny him as Lord, and it will always, always end in devastation and death. Period. There is no exception to the rule. When we deny God's word, when we deny God's position, when we deny God's authority in our life, it's going to end you in death and devastation. Period. And the devil knows that. That's why he is so apt to do that. Well, how does the devil do that? It's real simple. He does it in this thing called sensuality. And there is a big difference between sensuality and spirituality. Sensuality will always equal sin. Spirituality will always equal salvation. Sensuality is your senses. It's your feelings. It's your emotions. The devil always plays on your feelings. He always plays on your senses. He always plays on your emotions. The problem is he always leaves logic and moral thinking out of the picture. We see spirituality, God's word, just the opposite. God's word will always thrive and drive to the whole spiritual being of man. Which brings life. Think about this for a minute. The last time you made a mistake, I promise you, it was based upon your feelings and your feelings alone. And the devil knows that. He realizes that if I can get your feelings involved, that if I can get your emotions moving, the brain shuts down, the word of God exits the picture, and all you can think about is me. And he allows things to creep into your life to do that. For example, you'll watch a TikTok video. And it'll seem harmless to you at first. But all of a sudden, that TikTok video begins to stream thoughts into your mind 
about things you know you shouldn't be doing? Or how about the way that maybe a coworker says hello to you? After all, your spouse hasn't said hello to you like that in a long time. And it begins to stimulate the thoughts and the feelings. It's the idea that somebody will invite you to go to a place that you know you shouldn't go. But because going to this place is going to make you feel better about yourself, you go anyway. See, Satan always goes after your feelings and your emotions. He thrives on those very things. Because those are the things that mess you up. But when God goes after you, He goes after your entire heart and life. He captures all of it. Feelings are involved. But let's be honest. When a person wants to have an affair on their spouse... All they're thinking about is me and what they didn't do to me, what they should have done for me, and this is what I deserve. See how the senses, the emotions are turning? But in all reality, when that thought pops into your brain, if you were a spiritual being, you would stop and say, wait, 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 wait. First of all, God's word tells me that adultery is wrong. For a man to look upon a woman and have lust in his heart, I've already committed the sin of adultery in my heart. So that can't be right. Second of all, if I am truly loving my wife like the Word of God tells me to love my wife, I would not be in the problem that I am right now. See, the Word of God will bring you back to the truth. The Word of God will bring you back to what you should be doing, not what you shouldn't be doing. But see, the emotions do the opposite. And Satan knows that. So he ploys on your very emotions. And the reason why we get in trouble is because we're thinking with our emotions rather than thinking with the Word of God, the love of God, and the authority of God. If you don't believe me, listen to what it says in Jude 12. Jude says, When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. Now let me just stop right here. What he's saying is, this is the Lord's Supper, and we're getting ready to have communion in a few minutes. And he says, what these people do, they'll come in, and even though they're taking the Lord's Supper, they're doing the most ungodly things with you and to you after the Lord's Supper. That's why they're shipwrecking you. Listen, the Lord's Supper is... It's more than a memory. The Lord's Supper is a celebration of God's death and resurrection on the cross for your life and my life, your freedom and my freedom, your sanctification and my sanctification, and most of all, that we can live in power and authority. And if we celebrate it any other way, it is wrong. It's just like you having an affair on your spouse And then the next week, celebrate your anniversary. No different. No different. How would that go? Oh, by the way, honey, I cheated on you last week, but let's celebrate our anniversary this week. Oh, by the way, Lord, I cheated on you last week, but today I will commemorate your love to me. How disrespectful. 
How unholy that is. Communion is more than that. And what these people were doing, Satan had infiltrated their life to say, live an ungodly life, live a holy life, just come to the altar and ask for forgiveness of sin and celebrate communion and it's okay. And Jude says, no, it's not. Shipwrecked is what your life is going to be like. Then he further goes on to say back in 12, that they are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. See, a true shepherd cares for his sheep. Jesus cared for me and for you so much, he died on the cross for your sins and my sins. He didn't abandon you. He bore a public shame and humiliation to bear your sins and my sins. That's what a shepherd does. But this is the one I want you to look at. He says, they are like clouds blowing over the land Giving without giving any rain. Now, praise the Lord, we got rain this past week. But it had been a long time. Dust was everywhere. Could you imagine this past Tuesday, if you saw the clouds rolling in? It got cooler. You could almost feel the breeze blowing on your face. It felt so good. You could smell kind of the moisture from the rain in the air. You could just hear that gentle breeze blowing and you're thinking, here it comes. The clouds are rolling in and we're going to get rain. And then it blows out. He says, that's what Satan does to your life. He appeals to every one of your senses. He'll appeal to your sight, your smell, your vision, your hearing. He tingles all of those things. He tickles them to intrigue you. And then when it's done, you're left empty, parched, dry. He said, it's just like the cloud. And what you have to understand, church, anytime you live your life apart from this word, you're going to wind up parched, dry, empty, because you're trying to fulfill a need that the world will never, ever, 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 ever be able to fulfill. Although it tickles the ears, it tickles the senses, it satisfies you for the moment. That's all it does is the moment. And in the end, you're going to be left devastated, dry, and wanting. Simple as that. What a description that Jude gives us. The clouds blowing in. That you can feel everything. And yet when it's done, you're left with nothing. Then he goes on in Jude 13 to say this. They're like the wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam with shameful deeds. They're like wandering stars, doomed forever to blackness of night. They're like shooting stars. Oh, we all like shooting stars. And when you see a shooting star, what do you do? Make a wish. Make a wish. They're so bright and so brilliant for a couple seconds. We make a wish. And let's be honest, those sorry wishes never come true. You know what you do? You're chasing the world. It's bright. It's glorious. And just for a moment, you feel good. And then you end in doom and darkness. Because you're chasing after a shooting star. When in all reality, the star you should be chasing after is the sun that provides us warmth 
the sun that provides us light, the sun that provides us strength. And I'm not talking about the S-U-N, church. I'm talking about the S-O-N, that sun. He is the one that provides those things. So please listen to me and listen to me carefully. If you are compromising God's word today, you may think you may be getting away with it, but you're not. I promise you, it is going to end horrible for you. It will. You can ask hundreds of thousands of people who are walking this road you're walking. Sure, you're enjoying it for the moment. But in the end, you're going to feel lacking and wanting. I'm always amazed how somebody wants God to bless them. But they don't want to do what God's word tells them. Not so long ago, I was counseling a couple and they were getting ready to get married. And this was the words. We are not going to have the words like obey, submit. I'm just not going to do those things. I said, let me get this right. You don't want to obey or submit to your spouse. No. How do you think this is going to work out? How do you really think this is going to work? Well, I'm just who I am and I'm not going to do that. And I said, and I can tell you where this is going. See, Jesus, I love you and I'm thankful that you love me. But I'm not going to submit to you. And I'm not going to obey you. How do you think that really works out? How do you really think that works out? I can tell you how it works out. You are left devastated and dying mentally, emotionally, and internally. See, Satan understands the way to get to your heart. is not a full-blown body blow. He just pokes away at your feelings, at your emotions. He makes you compromise God's authority and God's word in your life. And when you finally have compromised most of God's word and authority in your life, then he does his famous act. He lets your bottom fall out and you're devastated. He never, ever throws a mighty lick. The first blow. He woos you. He tries to draw you. Because he realizes you're dumb enough to follow after your emotions. And when you do. It's over. See. When we start pulling away from the Lord. It's not a quick fast exit. It's a slow fade. And that's the way Satan wants it. He wants to kind of trickle you away. So what happens, you need to be careful little eyes what you see. It's the second glance that will tie your hands in the darkness that pulls your strings. You need to be careful little feet where you go. For it's the little feet behind you that are sure to follow. You need to be careful little ears what you hear. When flattery leads to compromise, the end is always near. You need to be careful, little lips, what you say. 
For empty words and promises lead broken hearts astray. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white turn to gray. When thoughts invade, when choices are made, a price will be paid when you give yourself away. And what you need to understand this morning is that the journey from your mind to your hands is shorter than your thinking. Be careful if you think you stand because you might just be sinking. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. What's crept into your life this morning? What have you allowed to get in there to pull you away from God's love? Because whatever's pulling you away right now will end you in death and destruction. All Satan is waiting for you to do is make that choice. What Jesus wants you to do today is to listen to the Holy Spirit to say, Come. And allow me to forgive you. Come and allow me to rescue you. Come and allow me to set you free. The word of God always goes after the entire life. If you're fading today, you can only crash and burn. But the way that you keep from fading is to run to the Father and say, Lord, forgive me. I need you. Father, I bow on my face this morning and ask you to save me. Lord, my life has been invaded with far too many things. And today I'm doing an eviction. Today I'm going to evict pornography out of my life. Today I'm going to evict TikTok out of my life. Today I'm going to evict these things out of my ears, out of my sight, out of my mind. Today's a day of eviction, Lord, because what I need is for you to clean me up, clean me out, and make me new. Today, Satan, you will no longer creep your way into my life because the love of God, the light of God, the word of God, and the authority of God is going to be the thing that I rely on, I trust in, and I seek after. But until you go after him, it can't happen. Listen, all he'll tell you to do today, the enemy will say, wait. You can do that tomorrow. Tomorrow will never come. Jesus says, come now. Come now, and I will save you. Come now, and I will deliver you. Come now, and I'll rescue you. Maybe it's time you come and clean your house. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, and we ask you to forgive us. For allowing the devil to creep his way into our life. To allow him to steal our heart, our thoughts, our mind, and our emotions. Today, Lord, we need you to clean us up. Today, Lord, we need you to clean us out. 
Today, we need you to move mightily in our lives and set us free. Lord, I don't know how you will, but we know you can. So as we come today to this altar, we pray you will make us a new and different person. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand and sing. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.